This is episode 87 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus, mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. I am your host, Eli. Welcome back. We have um, a really great interview lined up today. And man, we are, we are cruising toward the end of 2020, Andrew. That's right. The end is in oh, sight. People, the end is near. <laughs> people are ready for 2020 to be over. In fact, I saw a meme that said, the first rule about 2021 is you don't talk about 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's the year that you don't t- mention. We shall, it shall not be mentioned. Yeah, but we've, we've oh, had a, a good year on Caucus Talk. And speaking of a good year, yeah, Eli, yeah, you're just you know so humble and not wanting to bring attention to yourself. But I think we could even list this as uh, a victory for the podcast this year, even. Oh, I see where you're going. <laughs> but you have a huge personal announcement you need to make. Well, to the I do. Talk it's community. a little overdue, but um, yeah, we um, we welcomed our fifth child into our family at the end of September. Yes. Woo! Five children. You are, that is so Caucasus of you to have five children. So I, maybe I'll, I will ask, I will ask our guest this when, when we bring her on because she's Russian, but I, I keep wanting to call our fifth child, our Petyorichka, which is like our five pointer or something like our, I know that's (laughs) not really the right, because there's a grocery store. So in school, in elementary school in <laughs> Russia, you can get one to five on everything. And so if you get five, it's like it's, an A plus. It's a fiver. Like that's what the word is in Russian. Like you got a fiver. Petyorka. Petyorka. And I feel like I should call my fifth child my Petyorka, but because she's like so good. She's it's it's like a it's like a expat incorrect. Russian play on words. And no one thinks it's cute. I've tried to say it a few times. They're like, yeah. <laughs> so I think I just leave it alone. But yeah, we, um, <laughs> we, awesome. we had hoped to have the baby in Russia in, uh, while we were living in Dagestan. We were gearing up for that. But due to COVID, we came back and we had a, a really beautiful home birth here in the U.S. Um, and my, my wife delivered the baby naturally. And we had a midwife. and. Actually, there was a midwife and something like 14 other people in the room, family. So it was a party. Oh my. Yeah, there was cousins and aunts and all kinds of people. That was that was very detailed. I could get a <laughs> lot more detailed, but I think I'll leave it there. Well, Eli, I what I'm most interested in is, you know, your fourth child, you bestowed their middle name uh, after yes. Elbrus, Mount a Elbrus. mountain in the North Caucasus. That's right. I mean, that is a tough act to follow. Uh, Anything we should know? I mean, did you, like, Shalbu's dog? We went for Shalbu's dog. We really looked at it. We looked at, um, what was the other one that we were looking at? No, you know, we tried. Um, But actually what we ended up doing is our first child has a middle name from my side of the family. And then we have the three middle children gotcha. all have mountains for their middle names. And so this is very likely will be the last child we have. And so we gave her a middle name from my wife's side of the family, which is kind of symmetrical uh-huh. bookends. Um, so she's named her wow. middle name is, is after her 
grandmother, my my wife's mother, Kath, Kathleen. Oh, so that's, that's her middle name, and yeah. so I consider that um, a, a strong follow to the act. Yeah. And it, I will say, uh, the your daughter's middle name uh, is more pleasing to the tongue than uh, one of the other high Kafkas mountains like Diktau or Ushba. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was <laughs> several so, that well done. had well more done. consonants than we wanted. Way to go sentimental on that. I, I like it. Well, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Five children. Wow. And, you know, the weird thing about having kids is right after you have the baby, it's like, how could, how could this baby ever not have been in the family? So we feel right. really, really happy to, to, um, to return as soon as we can with our, you know, our team. So thank you. That's awesome. Team. <laughs> Eli's team. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, man, that's great news. Um, yeah. Eli, I'm so pumped for our guest. Uh, I was actually introduced to her uh, by one of our former podcast guests uh, from English. Very Shetia. nice. I love that. And um, yeah, she has a really interesting story and kind of personal history here in the Caucasus. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Elena, Elena. from Pitygors. Woo! Thank you for joining us. Hello. Hello. Elena, am I saying that right? Is it Yelena or Elena? Elena. Elena. Okay. <laughs> so, Elena, um, you are an anomaly here in the North Caucasus. Oh, Do you man. know this word, anomaly? Andrew, putting her on the spot. I mean, in a positive way. She said, is it nenormalna? No, it's not nenormalna. It's not abnormal. I mean, anomaly doesn't mean abnormal. He means very unusual I think for, in a good way. In a in a good way. That's right. Unicalni. Right. Yeah. Um, unique. And what I that's right. That's right. Um, I think for our listeners, you'll be very unique. Yeah. Um, tell us, and I'm not going to tell your story. I want you to tell us. So why don't you start? Just tell us a little about who you are. Maybe right now in life, like what do you do? Where do, where do you live? And then we'll keep going. Well, I was born in Grozny before war, and I finished my school in Grozny before war. Mm-hmm. Then in Chechnya, yeah. in Chechnya, yes, uh, in the capital of Chechnya, in Grozny, and I uh, studied there in the best school in the center of the city. It, it is Gymnasium Forty One. A lot of people uh-huh. know this school. Then, because uh-huh. of war. Me and my family had to leave our native city. It was very bad for our family. And I studied then in Pyatigorsk, in the State Linguistic University. And now I live in Pyatigorsk. I'm a teacher of English, of German, a psychologist, an artist, and so on. I like to study very much. And now I created a, a very interesting method of teaching Russian-speaking people English, uh, modern English. Uh, ah. It is uh, my unique methods how to break barrier in English uh, very short. Even in wow. two hours, um, I can. Two hours, I can give. 
Yeah, I can give people the understanding of uh, how easy is English grammar. It is logical and how to learn new words. And uh, also... <laughs> you're, the, you're, the as, first, uh, you're the first person who I've ever heard call English grammar logical. That's great. See? Yeah. It's logical. It's very easy, especially in comparison with Russian grammar. Yes, uh, that is true. Yes. Russian yeah, grammar can't is, argue with that. Yeah, Russian grammar is dangerous, and only real <laughs> heroes who can speak <laughs> Russian. Thank you. <laughs> if they Thank you. Uh, I have. are not born in Russia. I will say. He is well a real done. hero. Yes. He speaks English oh, very man. well. Wait, Russian. Both. Very well. Well, I will say my English is pretty good. Uh, but <laughs> Alina, I really I will I will relate. I really relate to how you said that your word choice, Russian grammar is dangerous because yes, it is I have many hazardous. times felt threatened emotionally by physically uh, the rules of Russian grammar absolutely. on my speech. <laughs> so I have to I have to interrupt with a quick question, Elena. What is so if if you think grammar is easy for Russian speakers, English grammar, what is the hardest thing for Russian speakers to learn about English? Ah, the hardest uh, point is that we can see different letters, but we can pronounce uh, differently. The, uh-huh. For example, we can see seven letters but we pronounce only four or five sounds yeah ah, interesting yes basically you're saying in a russian word with seven letters uh there's there seven would be sounds. More sounds to pronounce is no that each, right? each letter is pronounced but in english you have silent letters right ah. yes ah. like the word in, in- russian enough. language is like yeah, the, enough, neighbor. Yeah, neighbor. horrible. Yeah, <laughs> through. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, uh, for example, peace. Peace, different uh, words. Peace like not a war, uh-huh. and peace like a small part of something. Yes, right. Yes, yes. and different yeah. spelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, even my, my eight-year-old recently asked me, Daddy, how do you spell especially? <laughs> and I spelled it out for her. And she was like, no, dad, that's not a C, especially. How do you spell it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't explain why, but that's how it's spelled. Alina, I mean, this, the title of, this is like the kind of thing that could go viral. How to break through the barrier of English grammar in two oh, hours. Oh, it's super I mean, like clickbaity. YouTube videos oh, yeah. and I mean, blogs. Yeah. Can, um, can you give I us a summary? Like that, of how of your method are are you free to tell us just a little bit how you make it so easy yes uh, during this 20 hours training it is a um, very creative method it develops the right hemisphere of the human's brain yes so people began to um, think differently they began to uh, they can hear better than uh-huh. before. Sometimes we listen to a person, but we don't hear and don't understand the meaning of these words. And sometimes a person uh, doesn't understand what he wants to say really. He uh, tells uh, some words in Russian, but he can't uh, translate them in English. Mm-hmm. And I give my wa- people my a wife says that to me. English. Uh-huh. My wife says that to me sometimes that I, I I heard her but I didn't listen to her. Ooh, Andrew. <laughs> okay, first, 
I try to uh, learn the motivation of a person. Why does he really want to speak English? For example, for traveling, for living abroad, for the job, a new job, uh, for, for example, for visiting some exhibitions and mm -hmm. meetings abroad, or for learning. And when a person really wants to speak English, um, I open his mind. I learned how to do it uh, by Tony Robbins. I went to London in 2016 to the seminar of Tony Robbins, uh, UPW. Wow. Unleash your inner power. Yes. Yeah. Incredibly. How to unleash inner potential of a person. And before it, I learned a lot uh, from different coaches, psychologists in Russia. I like positive wow. psychology. <laughs> I yeah. like positive psychology. Well, she's When on, people she, believe in himself. Yeah. Well, that sounds really... Um, I'm glad that someone is making language learning so positive. Yeah. Elena, let's talk a little bit about going back to your... I'm sure we could keep going. You, you said some things I want to ask more about later, like your art and stuff like that. <laughs> But let's talk about your story. You grew up in Grozny, Chechnya. Mm -hmm before the wars of the, of the late 1990s. So can you describe a little bit what was life like in Chechnya during your childhood? During my childhood, the life in Chechnya was wonderful because um, I live in the, maybe, I live in the center of Grozny and uh -huh. a lot of um, intelligent, good-cultured, well-educated people were <clears throat> around me. Uh -huh. mm, and uh, I live uh, in a very mm, beautiful city, and uh, all my neighbors' friends uh, were very good people, very mm -hmm. friendly, very hospitable, and we deal very well with all nationalities. It was uh, not a problem, uh, and it didn't matter the nationality. So, what nationality are you? I'm a Russian. I'm Russian, but I have a lot of different nationalities in my blood, uh -huh. from Estonia, for example, Estonia, Poland, Ukraine, oh, wow. mm -hmm. and gotcha. maybe other, because my relatives lived, uh, for, lived in Grozny only from last century. Century. Sure, yeah, century. The 1920s, yeah. So my, gran my grandmother was born in Grozny in 1924. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> my grandfather was born in Ukraine at the same year, but he moved to Grozny after the Second World War. Uh -huh. He came to Grozny uh, to learn uh, oil industry uh -huh. and he was a great engineer so you grew up wow so you're three generations of your family was born in uh chechnya yes yes my parents were born there but not all my grandparents were born in chechnya but they uh -huh. moved to chechnya as a good specialist for example as a doctor as an engineer as an economist wow so uh right now it's interesting uh kind of after everything that happened with the wars in the 90s and the early 2000s, Chechnya is very much a mono-ethnic 
Republic now. Primarily Chechens live there. But before the wars, uh, from what I know and what you're saying, it was very different. Can you speak to like what were some of the different nationalities that lived in Grozny uh, in the 1970s and 80s? Before the war, all nationalities of our country lived there in peace <laughs> and friendship. And uh, my neighbors and schoolmates were Chechen, Ingush, Armenian, Jewish, Tatar, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe wow. somebody else. But uh, the more lived Russian, Chechen, Ingush, Armenian, Jewish, and Tatar. Okay these nationalities uh-huh. <clears throat> and we all are friends uh, the matter was is the person good personality or not and uh, no matter his nationality and uh, i didn't know really what nationalities were my friends in my neighborhood right it was not yeah. important for me i know but uh, sometimes they taught me chechen and uh, I knew uh, some Chechen language. <laughs> and now when uh-huh. I, I have friends from Chechnya, and sometimes I try to remember some phrases and uh, uh-huh. good words, <laughs> for example, Barkal, Spasiba, and some other words. Uh-huh. So, come here. That's awesome. I'm just curious, have you, um, do you go back and visit? Have you been back to Grozny recently? Yes, I I visited Grozny five and four years ago. I have there one of my best friends. Her name is Sophia. She is fitness uh, instructor uh-huh. in Grozny. And what are your, what are your impressions? Oh, I like it very much because, uh, uh, hospitality is the same, and all Chechen uh, treat uh, their guests uh, uh, wonderful. I I feel they're like a queen, really, because all of wow. my friends try to make me happy. They cook uh, the best meal. They give me the best room in their house. They try to show me beautiful places of Grozny. Mm-hmm. Exhibitions, wow. we visited museums. And uh, when somebody of their relatives come to their house, they invite me. Here is our friend Elena. He lived here before war. And uh, he's, uh, he loves uh, Grozny. He mm-hmm. loves our culture. And uh, oh, it is oh. wonderful, really. Oh, oh. I invite all people to visit uh, Chechnya now, Grozny, especially when they have friends there or good guides. Sure, right. Yeah. To That's... organize, to organize their being there, and also I ask people, especially women, to have a good dress code to visit. Mm-hmm. This republic, beautiful right. dresses, Good not dress shorts, of mm-hmm. course. Sure. Yeah, because we must respect the culture of people when we visit them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, uh, Elena, you had a, you made a lot of good points there. I think one I want to touch on is it's interesting talking to people who grew up in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. You know, in the West, there's mainly negative perceptions of the Soviet Union. Right. But one positive thing you always hear from local people here 
is that everybody got all the different nationalities lived together and got along with each other and were friends. And um, I've met, like, I know in Pitygor several Armenians who grew up in Grozny, and they look back on that time positively, their childhood. And you hear that, like, I've met others who grew up in Turkmenistan or Kazakhstan and how then much more uh, in the different now republics or different countries, the nationalities live together. Um, that's really neat. I'm, I'm curious. You were surrounded by um, different nationalities, but you were in the Caucasus, in a Caucasus republic, mostly Caucasus peoples. Um, what kind of Caucasus qualities or or characteristics do you think you inherited from growing up there? Mm-hmm. Hospitality. <laughs> the main thing, <laughs> hospitality and surprised. generosity. Mm. Hospitality and generosity for good people. When people come here with peaceful uh, purposes, and uh, clear so uh, they are treated wonderful mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. not to be uh, so be only positive and uh, a good minded people open minded and all people from caucus will invite you to their houses to give you all the best that they can so they're really hospitable and generous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Chen are very bad, uh, best friends, the best friends wow. or very good friends, really, Chen. Because if they uh, respect you and love you, uh, you are like a sister for them. Yeah. And uh, they, wow. you are like a family for them. And they try yeah. to do all the best. Maybe the guest for them is even higher than a relative. That's probably <laughs> true. Yes, a good guest really is higher yeah. than a relative. Because when I was mm. in their homes, uh, they give me all the best and ask their sister to cook, to help <laughs> me um Everything good was for me that time uh, when I was their guest. <clears throat> and uh, in all other republics, the same situation. Be- but of course, I love Chechnya very much because it is my motherland. And sure. I had friends there. And um, wow. everything is good in my memories from my childhood. Yeah, like. Are there any stories you can remember of, you know, with neighbors or trips you did, or maybe a story you can tell from your childhood of, with one of your neighbors or friends? I remember that we celebrated all uh, holidays together, nevertheless, a Christian or Muslim. For example, when was Easter, oh. our uh, friends and neighbors, Chechen, uh, Greet, greeted us uh-huh. when they have their Muslim holidays. We also um, told them good words. For example, yeah. Yeah, be healthy. Yeah. God them bless them you, uh-huh. and uh, so on. And they treated us their national dishes, their holiday dishes. Uh, and uh, when we had uh, holidays, we also. Mm, huh. Share 
our Russian dishes with them, for example. Yeah. And uh, mm, all everything was wonderful. Sometimes I think that I was in the best uh, world before the war in my <laughs> child. Wow. Because I remember only good things, only hospitality, generosity, respect. I never saw, oh, by the way, I, I want to add, mm -hmm. I never saw poor people in Grozny who ask for money, who see, wow. sit in the <clears throat> street and ask for money, for help. All people help their poor relatives, their poor neighbors yeah. and they um, hadn't uh, sit in the street and ask for money for help and my family also help uh, people who were in worse um, yet, um, yeah, in worse uh, financial position sure. for example they give their yeah. food or for example old washing machine mm -hmm. or some something and um, mm -hmm. We give each other um, when we have something more. Sure. For example, when our neighbor, when our neighbor, for example, uh, brought his home, I remember from my childhood, I saw it from the balcony. I lived on the fifth floor, and I saw that one, uh, our neighbor, he was Chichen, brought a big machine of watermelons. Ah, watermelons. Got it. Uh -huh. A big carload of watermelons. Uh, yes, yeah. it, it was like a pickup. Yeah. Okay. The car was uh -huh. then was like a pickup, so I can see a lot of watermelons in his car, and he took uh, two melons in his hands and uh, went to our fifth floor, <laughs> and uh, gave us these uh, two watermelons. It was very nice. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, I remember another neighbor <clears throat> brought a lot of fish. Maybe he was in Dagestan. You know, in Dagestan, in Caspian Sea, there were a lot of good fish. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he took a fish and uh, brought to us and uh, said, it's for you. <laughs> and wow. uh, at, the, at the same time, uh, other neighbors can came to us and ask for for example for some instruments for repairing or something for the kitchen yeah for example how to make cans yeah. machines yeah, to... not, not all right. families had it yes and they may easily ask do you have this instrument Give me, please. And we uh -huh. sometimes we have two or three yeah. <laughs> examples. Mm -hmm. For example, to give to a neighbor, yes, and right. also we have for us. Yeah. And we don't remember that we gave. Didn't remember. <laughs> maybe he will give. Maybe he will mm, give it back. Give back. Yeah. That, or maybe no. It was not important for us. So such examples, uh, wow. I think, uh, I think uh, tells about yeah, how friendly we live. Yeah. 
And when we are also, uh, we have a good cottage house and a good garden there. Nice. Uh, in Chechnya. Uh -huh. And on weekends, we went there and we gather uh, berries or peaches, apples, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes there. This is like, like a, like a, like a dacha, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a dacha. It was dacha. <clears throat> and It was very good. It was in a good place and very good uh, vegetables and uh, trees uh, uh, we had there. Wow. And uh, we took a lot of them. And when I going and when I was going to my fifth floor, I knocked to some neighbors mm -hmm. and uh, treat them. I asked them, "Would you like some apples? Would you like some peaches?" And uh, they may took uh, sure yeah. eat well and without paying money. Of course, that's these are such good stories. I mean, Andrew and I can both can both share how I think that hospitality is alive and well. You know, we get given things right. all the time. We've talked about it a lot. I mean, that's sort of the main theme. Uh, one of the main cultural themes is that hospitality. Wouldn't you say, Andrew? Yeah. And, you know, actually recently we surveyed our listeners for new ideas and stuff like that. And one of them specifically said, uh, I'm interested, is the, is the hospitality genuine? Is it authentic? And, uh, I thought actually what you just said, Alina is great because you grew up here. Like you're not a foreigner. Uh, you grew up here. You're telling stories from your childhood. Um, and I think that's the best answer to that question. You know, uh, recently I was joking with some of my Caucasus friends that hospitality is like the superpower of Caucasus <laughs> people. Like th this is the one thing they do better than anyone else is, is be hospitable. And I think it's, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So given all of that, I mean, maybe it's already been answered, but I think it's pretty fair to say, uh, Alina, that of all of the North Caucasus nationalities today, there's probably the most stereotypes in the world about about Chechens and Chechnya. Um, certainly, there's a lot of press and news. So we want to hear from you. If you could share one thing about that nation and people with our podcast listeners, what would you like to say? about about Chechnya? Well, I want to invite <clears throat> all people to Northern Caucasus, <clears throat> to Chechnya, to Dagestan, to Kabardino-Balkaria, to Pitygorsk. Uh, if you want to enjoy the nature, if you want to try very delicious food, mm -hmm. healthy food here, if you want to communicate with people about uh, their culture, to visit their museums, old uh, towers in the mountains, mm -hmm. uh, beautiful waterfalls. Welcome. Yeah. But do it with a guide, with a person who knows the places, who yeah. will tell you about the culture mm -hmm. of the people. Do it uh, uh, in a good way, with uh, good uh, tourist, tourism films or good guys or guides, mm -hmm. or with your friends. Well, and the travel advice is great because you're 
the Caucasus is so much more than beautiful mountains. If you come here and experience the mountains and the beauty, but you do it without like the hospitality or the friendship of the local people, you're missing out on so much, you know, they really go hand in hand. Um, so that is good advice. Alina, I want to ask one last question. You hit on this and, um, I actually, I was, uh, I had a meeting with a Kabardian businessman recently and he was explaining to me how, uh, for Kabardians, uh, with their neighbors, especially, essentially he said, there is no understanding of my home as my, my personal domain. It's my private domain Mm. or my personal space. He said like our neighbors totally have the right to come at any time of the day and ask us for anything. He said, we really have this understanding that our things are their things and vice versa. And so he said like, that's why we don't invite in advance. We just show up. Uh, and interesting hearing it for me was, it was so funny for me hearing because I was just thinking through like how I've tried to do friendship here, uh, with invitations in advance or like waiting for invitations or, you know, what's yours or what is mine. And it's so different than how we do it in the West. It sounds like from what you describe from your childhood with your neighbors, that really in in the Caucasus, neighbors are like family almost. Like it's kind of all one big <laughs> existence, communal existence. Would you agree with that? Yes, I agree. <clears throat> of course, if a person is a good person, uh, all people respect him and uh, treat him like a friend or even a member of the family, of course. But you must be also generous and hospitable. Right. And uh, if I'm also generous, hospitable, my friend Chechen likes me. Yes, if I am not hospitable and if I want to make some harm for them, of course they don't treat me. (laughs) I'm like a mirror, I I understand. Yes, we are like a mirror. If I'm smiling to you, you also smiling to me, yes? Yeah, I think that's true and and most of the time. Yeah. People reflect what you how you treat them. Yeah. yeah. Alina, this was great. I think uh even, even for me is really interesting because we only see we only know the Caucasus personally how it is now. We can only read read from books how it used to be. And um yeah, thanks for sharing uh kind of from your childhood, your history. Uh you know, we actually have lots of Chechen listeners as well. So I think they're going to be thrilled to, to hear your story. Yeah. Yeah. Very good to hear from Thank you. Thank you that you invite me yes. here. And um, remember, if you need in the, the quick, the, the quick secrets to unlock the simplicity of English grammar, Elena has a special system. So we will put you in touch with her. If you want to crack the code, she's got the answers. That's so awesome. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, thank you again for your storytelling and for sharing um, about your upbringing. It was really good to hear from you. 
Nice to meet you, Eli. You as well. And thank you for invitation. Uh, I will be happy to um, to participate in your programs again right. if I can do anything good uh, for your audience. Thank you so much. Listeners, don't forget to reach out to us on our um, Facebook page, which really is Andrew's baby. He's kind of a Facebook genius. Um, you can also reach us at uh, podcast at caucustalk.com over email. Um, what else? And on our Patreon page, if you're interested in supporting what we're doing, joining the few, the proud, um, check us out on patreon.com slash caucustalk. And um, the movement, the caucus talk movement that is sweeping the globe. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> any, anything else to add, Andrew? That was great. Um, uh, listeners, we've talked about this, but um, if you haven't had a chance yet to fill out our, our survey from it was episode 84 feedback week, yeah. we really would love your input. Uh, we were introduced to Alina from a local friend. And so like often these interviews or new content comes organically from our listeners. And so uh, please fill that out. We'd love to hear from you uh, for the future of the podcast. And we will see you when you get here.